Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I hope you're having a good month so far, and I just quickly want to mention how grateful I am for all of you listening. And for those of you who've reached out recently to share what the podcast has meant to you. I love connecting new names with those on the other side of this thing. And in the past couple of weeks, Suzanne, Amy, Jessica, Teresa, your words and sharing this podcast with others have meant more to me than you know. Very grateful to you all. Quickly, I did want to let you know that before we dive into our December series on self-care at the end of this year, I will be taking the week of Thanksgiving as well as the Monday after Thanksgiving off the podcast. Work has been wonderful yet busier than ever this year and I'm feeling a bit stretched. So after talking with Evan and a good friend who've both kept me accountable in this busy season, I'm planning to take the next two weeks off the podcast before connecting with you again on December 7th to talk about the very things I plan to practice more intentionally over the next two weeks. I always want to show up here and for my clients feeling good and within my integrity. So there's your heads up and I'll be looking forward to that December series with you. This week, we're finishing up our conversation on boundary setting. Last week, we talked about boundaries that are probably somewhat easy to talk through together and figure out what works best for you both. But this week, we're addressing unilateral boundaries and issues that can only be addressed by you. So picking up where we left off, the fourth boundary to set in your relationship is around your identity. Knowing who you are and being confident in that, regardless of what others say, is an inside job. It's no one else's job to make you feel good about yourself. That's between you and the Lord. Can our spouses and people that care about us help reinforce our beliefs about ourselves? Sure. But at the end of the day, how you feel about you, based on knowing how God feels about you, is the most important thing. When you know that for yourself, when you no longer need others to verify or validate that for you, that's when you're able to set a boundary around your identity rather than shape-shifting to accommodate others' opinions or conforming to a version of yourself that more closely aligns with who someone else thinks you are than it aligns with who you know yourself more truly to be. When you know who you are, and more importantly, who you are in Christ, you become able to set boundaries for yourself around what others say or expect of you because you know what's true, that you are loved, you are forgiven, you were created in God's image, that the greatest man to ever live died for you because he's faithful and because he cares. And knowing that truth about your identity has the potential to set you free. When you're confident of your identity in Christ, then what others think and say about you becomes less important. When you relate to yourself in a way where you know you're loved by God, that you're acting in your integrity, you're able then to set a boundary for yourself that keeps your critics and your admirers, for that matter, in their proper place psychologically. Furthermore, believing what God says about you keeps your ego in check so that it doesn't get bruised because of naysayers or inflated from other people's praise. Each of us will always have fans and critics, but when we live securely in our identities in Christ, that becomes enough. Now, in healthy marriages and relationships, Partners do affirm each other and encourage each other and hold each other accountable by speaking the truth in love so that each person in the relationship moves closer toward the person that God created them to be. 
But when couples relate to each other in unhealthy ways, there's critique and criticism on the one hand, and this is subconsciously done to maintain a sense of security and control in the one-up position in the relationship. And on the other hand, there's self-deprecation or propping the other up. And this is done subconsciously to maintain a sense of security in a one-down position. So if and when partners begin to notice that either of these things is happening, then it's time to start setting some boundaries. So what does that look like? First, it looks like doing the inner work to strengthen our relationship with God and subsequently ourselves. Spending time with Him in His Word, practicing believing what He says about us until it's no longer a practice but a lifestyle. Second, we create a boundary for ourselves to keep ourselves accountable to and honest before God. Because only in that space can we hold the tension of our humanity and Christ-likeness at the same time. And so being grounded in God's love, we can accept ourselves for who we are, no better, no worse, rather than letting our egos hijack our identity, leading us to live in pride, or letting our fear brains hijack our identity, leading us to live in shame. For example, if your partner is saying things that feel critical or discouraging to you, Setting a boundary around your identity would look like taking your spouse's criticism for what it's worth, checking in with yourself and the Holy Spirit to see if there's any morsel of truth in it, and then dealing with yourself compassionately and honestly before God, without becoming proud and defensive on the one hand, or spiraling into shame on the other in reaction to your partner's critique. If, on the other hand, you're not trusting in your identity in Christ, but rather using your partner's flattery to build yourself up, and you're not doing the inner work yourself to confirm your identity in Christ, then the boundary becomes again, taking your partner's praise for what it's worth, but then spending time with the Lord so that he can show you who you are in light of his presence. Now, I'm not suggesting that you ignore your partner's encouragement or that spouses shouldn't build each other up in love. That's such a significant part of being the body of Christ. But I'm saying if you're letting yourself be built up by anything other than God's love, then you're setting yourself up for pride, and of course, pride goes before the fall. The other thing I want you to be aware of is that when you ride the waves of other people's praise or criticism, you're engaging in something called borrowed functioning. Borrowed functioning is an earlier stage of human development where individuals rely on others to reflect back to them a self-concept. And what I'll say quickly is this is appropriate for infants as they learn who they are in the world through their mother's or their attachment figure's reflected sense of self, but it's not appropriate or a healthy way of functioning in the world when we're adults, when we're 20 or 40 or 60, although it's possible, and in fact many people do, remain in this stage their whole lives. So if you find yourself doing this, it's worth taking a look at what parts of your life you're borrowing your partner's confidence for, and then taking that area to God to have him help you more deeply know who you are and who he created you to be, as it relates to your work, your identity as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, your sexuality, whatever area in which you experience some insecurity, anxiousness, or uncertainty. The fifth boundary to set within your relationship is around disrespect. Disrespect can take many forms, and before we talk about setting boundaries with our spouses, I first want us to take a look at ourselves and set boundaries around our own behavior. First and foremost, disrespect takes the form of what Gottman calls the four horsemen of the marital apocalypse, defensiveness, criticism, contempt, and stonewalling. 
And as we've talked about before, this happens when we get flooded, when our fear brains take over. So physiologically, it makes sense why this happens, but to our partners, we come across as disrespectful when we allow our floodedness to result in a defensive, critical, contemptuous, or shut-down reaction. When we get defensive, our spouses feel like we don't hear them. When we're critical, our partners take it personally. When we're contemptuous, acting as if we're superior in some way, our partners either get defensive or shut down. And when we stonewall or shut down, our partners feel angry or rejected. So where do you need to set a boundary for yourself around the four horsemen? Which ones do you engage in and how can you catch yourself earlier when you start to feel flooded to stay in control of your reactions? Likewise, where do you need to set a boundary with your spouse? Do you experience a lot of defensiveness, criticism, shutting down, or contempt? Maybe a little bit of several? Well, the key to setting a boundary with your spouse is taking responsibility for what only you can control and leaving the rest up to your spouse. Because remember from our responsibility series, you are not responsible for your spouse's changed behavior, nor can you make your spouse change. You are only responsible for changing your behavior. So communicate your boundary clearly by saying something like, I understand that you're upset, but I can't hear what you're saying when you phrase it like that. The way you're saying it is too hurtful to sink in. I'd like to better understand where you're coming from, but for me, we need to put this conversation on hold until both of us are calm, things are expressed differently, and I can better hear what you're trying to say. And then follow through on your boundary. If your spouse won't let it alone, reinforce your earlier statement. I told you, I'm not capable of having a conversation like this, so I'm walking away and taking some time until we can come back together and talk productively. Second, disrespect can look like undermining our spouses in some way. Laughing at them when they're not laughing at themselves. Telling them their thoughts, opinions, or feelings are silly, which invalidates their experience and bid for connection with you. Making fun of them, in private or in public, which includes saying something rude, sarcastic, passive-aggressive, or quick-witted, and then adding, I was just joking. That's one method of self-deception and justification to get yourself off the hook. But nonetheless, words and actions, innocent as you may think they are, can still hurt. And not acknowledging that doesn't help. So in what ways have you found yourself undermining your spouse? And in what ways have you experienced your spouse undermining you? Then move forward with setting your boundaries. The way I would do this is I would communicate your boundary outside of a moment of undermining. I might prepare my spouse for the need to talk and make sure it's a good time and then say something to the effect of, I've been thinking about something that's bothering me and I'd really like to address it before it happens again. When you laugh at me, even though you say you're laughing with me, when you make fun of me, even when you say you're just joking, when you tell me my thoughts and feelings are illogical, irrational, or not real, that hurts me and leads me to disconnect from you. Because not only do I feel embarrassed and disrespected when that happens, but I also feel unsafe and lose a little bit of trust when that happens. And even though you may feel differently about these instances, and even though I know I've not helped with my reactions in the past, from here on out, I want you to know that I plan to stand firm in my boundary when this happens. 
if you make fun of me or minimize my thoughts and feelings, I'll reiterate my position. And if we can't find a way to relate differently in those moments, then after pointing it out, I'll remove myself from the situation because I won't continue to subject myself to what feels disrespectful to me, even if you see it differently. Okay, and then thirdly, disrespect can look like plain and simple, not taking our spouse into consideration as we make decisions and move about our day, not following through on what you agreed to without communicating that because it wasn't convenient for your day or schedule, making plans or social arrangements for the both of you without consulting your spouse, or making unilateral decisions and assuming it's good for you both. So much of a healthy marriage is being considerate and respectful of each other of each of your time, tasks, and needs. And here's the deal. Most of the time, it's not like we intentionally try to upset our spouses, right? Most of the time, it's just that we're naturally thinking of ourselves and fail to consider how our spouse would feel until it's too late, until they feel hurt and upset. And then, because we didn't mean to upset our spouses, we feel unfairly accused and make excuses for ourselves because we feel innocent And so we throw back things like, but I was just trying to be helpful, or sorry, I was just trying to do something nice for our family, or but you don't understand, I have such and such relational needs, and have you ever stopped to consider that? Again, this makes sense from our perspective, but it completely undermines the fact that, likely, we weren't intentionally trying to hurt our spouse. Right? Because when we react this way, now, not only does our spouse feel unconsidered, But on top of that, they feel overlooked and like we've just provided confirmation that in fact, we don't care at all. (laughs) What is it that Paul said? I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I hate the very thing I do. I'm sure we can all relate. Being an imperfect human married to an imperfect human is hard. Confronting these patterns is hard. It's much easier to shift blame and deflect and project what deep down we know we're responsible for onto others. But at the end of the day, as hard as it is to hear and accept, we are each responsible for our own actions. And what I would like to add is that we also have a responsibility to consider the experience our spouse is having of being married to us. So do that first. Reflect on the areas in which perhaps you've been selfish or inconsiderate of your spouse. Do that first because that one's harder to see than our spouse's transgressions. Then, once you've addressed your own behavior, create and communicate a similar boundary to the example I gave you with undermining, where you state your feelings, your needs, what you don't wish to tolerate, and what you'll do to take responsibility only for yourself if that boundary is crossed. And finally, think about setting a unilateral boundary around quote-unquote bad behavior. That includes yours and your spouse's. Now, I've called this bad behavior, but I'm using it as an umbrella to include any pattern of behavior that undermines your relationship and prevents it from functioning at a baseline of health, or any pattern of behavior that disrespects your relationship that goes beyond your couple interaction. So drug and alcohol, overuse, or addiction, cycles of power and control, and even untreated mental illness. Now, as I briefly address each one of these, please hear me. These are not the same as the areas of disrespect we addressed earlier. These are much more serious and require help and support. Setting boundaries around bad behaviors will take much more effort, work, consistency, as well as precautions to keep you safe. So again, we'll talk briefly about each one, 
but boundaries here will be best and most safely addressed with the help of a licensed, trained professional counselor. So, with bad behavior, there's a saying in recovery groups that help individuals and couples in these situations, and it's this. You didn't cause it, you can't cure it, and you can't control it. Regardless of what your spouse has told you, you didn't cause your spouse to behave in these ways. And no matter how much you bargain for change, no matter how helpful, informed, dependable, and even professionally trained you are, you can't cure your spouse and you can't control his or her behavior. Without the right help, education, and information, spouses of partners struggling with addiction, mental illness, or who find themselves in abusive marriages spend way too long trying to alter themselves or their spouses in some way to try and make headway with the issue. But doing so is futile and even harmful in some situations. But here's what you can do as a spouse. You can seek help and get the right information. With addiction and mental illness, you can learn ways to relate to your spouse that keep you sane and as healthy as you can be when walking through a season like this. With domestic violence, you can collect resources to empower you to separate safely from a marriage caught in a destructive pattern of power and control. And guess what? Those resources and strategies are called boundaries. Physical, emotional, sexual, and psychological boundaries. Because while you can't change the behavior of someone who's abusive or struggles with addiction or undiagnosed or untreated mental illness, you can change your behavior, what you will and won't tolerate, and what you'll do when your boundaries are crossed. One more time, you are not responsible for your spouse's bad behavior, but you are responsible for making sure you stay safe and sane and that you manage your own responses when your well-being boundaries are crossed. Which, circling back to the beginning of this episode, is where being solid in our identities comes in. And there are specialists and experts on all of these subjects who can guide you and help you to do so. I'll link some of those resources in the show notes. Alright friends, we did it. Your action step today is to review the show notes to see if there's any category where your marriage could stand to set a boundary for yourself and your spouse. Think through and write down what you need and why. And then, if you know your spouse will be responsive to your boundaries, and it's merely a matter of habit change and of helping your partner see your perspective, then definitely communicate your boundaries with your spouse and work together to make your marriage healthier. However, if you know that you're in a relationship where your spouse won't respond well to your boundaries, that there's not a certain level of trust, respect, or safety there, then I would strongly recommend reaching out to a licensed professional counselor who can support you and give you the right information to help keep you safe as you work to implement your boundaries and retain your sense of self-respect and self-worth. My prayer for you this week is that you would have the courage to enter into new relational spaces by setting boundaries for the betterment of your relationship. And I pray that as spouses, we'd have humble hearts as we learn boundaries and respect and be open to changing for the better. We'll talk again in two weeks. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle. Love is not a bond. Love is just as fragile.